Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Very, very straightforward comments from Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Day. I was thinking about Lieutenant Commander... Um, I forgot his name. <laughs> I was just thinking about him. And I forgot his name. Our friend from the United States, uh, Zuri Jasser, former lieutenant commander of the United States Navy. He got caught between the lieutenant and the lieutenant. And then I got people asking me, why is it lieutenant if it's L-I-E-U? I don't know. Because it was the British way of doing it, of saying it. Lieutenant. The lieutenant makes more sense. L-I-E-U. T-E-N-A-N-T. Lieutenant. I'll tell you one thing that I, I'm just going to say this quickly. One of the things that I'm sort of enjoying is with Twitter, finding new and innovative ways of spelling words. I've always thought that it was kind of ponderous to write English at times. You know, it's the only language where you first, first you cut down a tree and then you cut it up. How long have you been saying schedule ever since I got out of schedule ever since I got out of school, right? So I like the new spelling, the sort of the innovative spelling. Not the kind of stuff you should do in school, shul. <laughs> but but it's kind of fun. Because it gets a, it adds a little spice, a little zest to tired and mundane words. I think our national vocabulary is struggling. People have less and less skills with the language like uh, yeah like um and it's I find myself standing falling asleep talking to some people it's painful monosyllabic words you know all strung together interspersed with a's and ums and likes I'm not an elitist but for God's sake you can find a couple of words that have more than one syllable, eh? eh? <laughs> I'll never forget my uh, former studio producer in Hamilton at CHML. I've told you this before. He's actually on the air with us talking about it. And he said one of the problems is, one of the reasons that there's a challenge, and I'll get to my point about what I want to talk about this half hour in a minute. But he said one of the problems with um, with language skills is, that in school, there's no emphasis whatsoever on spelling ability. So they'd be given, he said, they'd be given spelling tests. And if they couldn't spell a certain word, the students, the teachers would dumb down the words until they got to a word the student could spell. Like here, try cat. I'll spot you the C and the A. And uh, so they can spell cat and they get a passing mark. And that all came about because he would write words on the screener for me. We have a call screening program, which gives me an idea what most people want to talk about when you call in. That's why they ask. Acceptance segments, we don't ask. And I make clear when we don't. Um, and he would write words, and I had no idea. No idea what he was writing. No idea. And I said, Jason, I'm not trying to insult you, but what does this mean? What, do, what is this? What are these? What are these words mean that he said I'm sorry I just I'm terrible at writing I don't have 
writing skills, and here's why. So we came on the air and talked about it, and we had calls from uh, from employers who told us that they would hire remedial reading and writing instructors for university graduates, let alone high school graduates, because they had no writing skills. Social promotion, my brothers and sisters, social promotion. Put the little darlings in grade one and sail them on through. If they don't get it in grade three or grade four or grade six or grade nine, no problem. We're not going to hold them back because we don't want to damage their self-esteem. We'll sail them right on through. And when they leave at the other end, it's not our responsibility anymore. We will have given them diploma and then it's up to them and up to you and so be it. How sad. It really is sad when you have employers telling you that they're hiring remedial coaches to teach reading and writing skills, fundamentals, to some university graduates. How do you get through? Oh, yeah. No zeros. No failing. Can't keep score. And then you get into the real world and somebody challenges you and you get a boohoo moment. It's too bad. It really is too bad. Back to the point. Colonel Day saying that uh, the CF-18 should stay in the fight against ISIS. The entire Canadian contingent should remain in place. The fighter planes, the refuelers, and the troops on the ground. And saying that political leaders sometimes don't understand that. They don't understand what the intelligence community tells them. They don't get it. Clearly, Justin Trudeau doesn't get it. It's clueless meandering that he's engaged in. It really is. It's not a selfie world, Justin. It really isn't. There's a reason those CF-18s are there. You're not going to listen to me, although I know your folks listen. I mean, not your family, but the liberals, the party, taking notes. They all do. Not just to me, they just listen to everybody. And then they compile their lists. But um, <laughs> but really, it just makes no sense. It really is foolish. Anyway, here's what I want to get at. And I want your thoughts on. I had a debate with a friend the other day. Now, this, this friend of mine is, uh, is American and he's a huge Donald Trump supporter. And this only has, that only has an oblique connection to what I'm about to tell you. But he's a, he's a, he's a cut and dried guy. I do business with him. He, he's, he has an opinion and that's it. He's not going to drift off that opinion by even one degree, one way or the other. As an opinion, that's it. He'll listen to you, but he won't, he won't move off his position. And he's a smart guy. He's a really, really intelligent guy. So I had a debate with him the other day about whether if you leave your keys in the ignition of your car or your truck and your car or your truck is stolen, are you partly to blame? He said to me, we've been having this political discussion and he said, okay, Roy, so if your key, if you leave your keys in the, in, in the ignition of your car and it's stolen, are you partly to blame? And I said, yes. And he looked at me and he said, aha, so you're one of them. I still don't know what group I'm a member of now suddenly. But he argued that I had given up on principles. 
He argued that the a thief would have no business looking into my vehicle to determine if my keys were in the ignition. And I said to him, look, there are principles, but there's also reality. Principles haven't just recently been abandoned. They've been abandoned by some and or ignored by some for thousands of years. That's why there's always been retribution for crime, even before sophisticated laws were written. That's why there have been jails and or other methods of holding and detaining law or principles breakers. But again, his view is nobody should be looking into my vehicle to see if the keys have been left there. I agree with that. But I still say that principle collides with reality, and reality says a segment of the population is always going to be looking to make an illegal or immoral profit of some kind. And so I said, if I left my keys in my car, and if it were stolen, and the thief then hit and killed a child, and we've heard these stories, then I would feel partly responsible. Or if the thief had some other kind of accident that created property damage or injured someone in some other way, I would feel partly responsible because I left the keys in the ignition and I know that you shouldn't do that. But my buddy says I would bear zero responsibility and because I feel the way I do that I am one of them. One of them. So I want you to settle the debate. Please, you settle it. If I left my keys in my vehicle knowing fully well there are car thieves about looking to steal a vehicle either for a joyride or sell it off or to be dumped overseas and sold there cheaply. And my vehicle is stolen easily because I left the keys in the ignition. Um, and the thief then, in his or her illegal possession of my vehicle, causes damage, creates damage, hurts someone, kills someone with my vehicle that I left the keys in. Am I partly to blame? Do I share the responsibility? Am I partly to blame or am I absolved to blame because principle says they shouldn't be stealing my car, shouldn't be me looking at the keys. one 225 8255 is the number to call. 888 took me a long time to get to the point, eh? 888 is the number of the Green Show on the Corus Radio Network. Or if you're in the Toronto area or don't mind spending a dime for your call, 416-860-6400. 416-860-6400. Am I partly to blame if my car is stolen and I left the keys in the ignition? We will know. Yes or no. We'll come back. Informative and entertaining. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. There's your example of graduating high school, huh? I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. It's Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, and it's uh, Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. You can send your uh, cut-it-out emails right there. Joint pain, it's awful, and the passage of time only makes it worse. It literally stops you. Try putting on your socks first thing when knees and ankles and fingers and elbows and your shoulder are all screaming in protest. And you sit there with one sock half on, despairing. How much worse is this going to get? Look, if the stuff you've been using for joint pain leaves you in this predicament, what are you doing still reaching for it? Seriously, why do you do that? Here's what I've done for four years. I take three Sierra Sil joint formula capsules. I drink six glasses of water during the rest of the day, and I put my socks on. Without any issues. All natural, all mineral Sierra Sil is the number one bestseller at many natural product stores across Canada. And why? Because like me, Canadians coast to coast have made the switch from what 
doesn't work to what eliminates the joint pain. one 877 roy is the number to call. one 877 roy Order the Sierra Soul product best for you. You know, if it doesn't work, you'll get your money back. But I know Sierra Soul doesn't have to give money back very often. Get your Sierra Soul at London Drugs if you're in the West, Rexall Pharmacies in Ontario, and at sierrasoul.ca. Socks, mes amis, should not be an adventure. Call one eight seven seven roy 1020 I gave you the wrong phone number. <laughs> Whoever is at 416-860-6400, I'm sorry. I didn't do it intentionally. 416-870-6400 if you're in the Toronto area. 888 is the number to call if you're calling across Canada. I mean, you can reach us on the 416 number as well, as you know. But it'll cost you something if you're outside Toronto. All right, am I one of them? Howie, do I have responsibility? Do I bear responsibility if I leave? Or do you bear responsibility if you leave the keys in your ignition and some slug comes along and steals it and, and wrecks something with your stolen vehicle? You know, Roy, uh, normally I agree with you and I respect your, uh, your thoughts and opinions. You're usually very close to the way I think. Um, but today I don't think you could be more wrong. The reality is, the, the system's broken, and the punishment no longer suits the crime. If somebody's, if I catch somebody stealing my property, I'm not allowed to protect my property or I get charged. I'm supposed to hand this person over to the law, and the law is supposed to deal with them, and the law is not looking after business. They're not getting it done. And by you saying that, you know, I'm partly to blame, I'm not. The system's broken. If people are still stealing... The, the system's not working. There's no reason for me to not be able to leave my car in my driveway with my keys in it and not expect it to be there when I go to get in it. All right, Howie, so I'm, 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 Howie I'm, before I go down in flames, um, I'm, I'm just going to say this. This isn't a new thing. People have been stealing from each other before there was a system. That, that, that's true, but a lot of there was a lot less of them doing it because they didn't all succeed. Okay, buddy, the I I hear you. I hear you, Howie. I hear you, Howie. I still hear people say they used to they used to be able to leave their doors unlocked. I hear you, my friend. I got a a quick point for you. Yes, sir. I caught a guy. I caught a guy vandalizing my street one night at about one in the morning. A young kid, two young kids, eighteen years old, destroying the property in the neighborhood. I caught them. I dealt with them myself. I took their licenses out of their wallets. I told them I'm coming to see their parents tomorrow night, so they had better explain to their parents what they were doing. I drug them back to the scene because I chased them, drug them back to the scene, made them clean up the mess. I told them I was coming to see their parents the next day. And if anything happens to my property in the future, I'm coming to see them. That was 15 years ago, Roy. I've had nothing broken in my neighborhood since. (laughs) Well, I admire you. And I'm going to tell you, as you well know, you could easily have been criminally charged for assault just by laying a finger on them. I'm I'm just, I'm just saying, Howie, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to get your back up. I'm just saying. I'm saying. To, I'm saying to you though that if there was more people, I agree. At the system, I agree. The system would change. I caught a couple of guys sitting on the hood. Of, I was. I got out of my car. I was going to go into. Remember when they used to be video stores when you go and rent a VCR movie? Remember those days? Absolutely. About about about, about yesterday. Anyway, I, I I get out of the car. I'm at the door, and there's two clowns sitting on the hood of my car. So I went over and I said get the, uh, you know what, off my, off my car. And they looked at me and I said to one of them, I said, look, I'm going to count to three. And then if you don't get off, if you're not off the hood of my car, by the time I get to three, you're going down. I said, one, two, and I was going to do it, Howie. 
and he slid off my car. And then his buddy started laughing at him and called him a chicken. I went into the store, and while I was in the store, I thought, what did I just do? I'm going to come out, and my car's going to be vandalized. But it wasn't. But anyway. There's, there's two things that happen. Buddy, i got to go. i got to take some more calls. Okay, have a great day. Thank you, Howie. All the best to you. Have a great Christmas. i got to take a few more calls here. I like this call. Darren in Peterborough, Ontario. Hey, Darren. How's it going? Good, sir. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Excellent. Uh, the way the way I see it is, if you leave your keys in your vehicle and somebody steals it, you still shouldn't be responsible for it. Because it'd be the same thing as if somebody broke into your house, took your keys, and then took your car. You still shouldn't be responsible for that at all. I'm going in nose first, eh, Darren? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going in nose first. I'm flaming out on this one. I'm losing. Yeah, I, that's just the way I see it. Like you can't you can't prevent people from doing it. They're going to take whatever they want. But you shouldn't feel responsible for doing it. So I don't bear, even though I know that people steal vehicles because the keys are left in the ignition, and bad things happen after they steal vehicles. I don't bear any responsibility if I leave my keys and it's stolen. No, you shouldn't. Okay, buddy. Thank you for the call. The insurance company might disagree. How do insurance companies respond to that? They don't like it when you hit a deer. I hit a, I've hit three of them. You want to, you want to go deer hunting? Drive behind me. I've hit three deer on the highway. And the second one I hit, I went in and they had me go into a claim center. And I swear this is what the claim center lady said to me. Was the deer standing in the road? No. It was in a field. But you know how it is. Sometimes you just can't resist the chase. She looked at me like, should I write this down or not? Peter in Windsor, Ontario. Peter, hi. Or yeah, Windsor, Alberta, I'm sorry. No, actually, it's the Alberta number, but I'm here in Windsor. Yes, sir. So, I do happen to agree that uh, you don't bear any responsibility, but I think you brought up a really good point. That is that the insurance companies, I think, are the ones that are putting pressure on the laws to relieve themselves from obligation. And that's why the laws are the way they are. Absolutely, you bear no responsibility if they take your vehicle. So my buddy was correct, and I definitely am one of them. Well, I, you know, there is no them. It's, there's only an us. And oh. that's part of the problem in our society. Our society pits everyone against each other, and that's not the way it needs to work. But yeah, you're right. Here, no, there. Like I said, it's not your responsibility they take in your vehicle. I think it has everything to do with the insurance companies making our laws, and we have to, uh, you know, the person that does the harm is the one that's at fault. You're right, Peter. Thank you for the call, sir. We have a society we should all be pulling in the same direction. It helps. It's like having a crew on a boat in a boat race, in a rowing race. If you're all heading, trying to get to different points, the odds are you're not going to be on the metal podium.